0: It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda, a double shot of Catholicism and conversation to start your day off right. On the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Mater Day Radio.
1: And a very good Wednesday morning to you. It is July 19th, 7 a.m. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. Thank you so much for joining us on uh, kind of a smoky morning. Out there. Mm-hmm. I don't know, at least in the greater Portland area and probably other locales as well. But just a heads up, if you step out the door this morning and go, gosh, it seems smoky. Well, it is smoky. And that is in the forecast, too. A big fire in Longview, Washington.
2: Sure. Uh, yeah, I saw the news reports yeah, on that this night. morning. I noticed the smoke yesterday, but I was like it it from where I was looking at it, it it looked like it was coming in from kind of off the ocean,
3: mm-hmm. uh,
2: but it it just had this weird colored cloud ahead of it and I go, "God, right. that almost looks like smoke."
1: Mhm. Well, and you're right.
2: then yeah, sure enough, yeah, it's filled so, the area.
1: In fact, even in the weather forecast, they call for smoky skies today. It's supposed to be warm today. They said, actually, the smoke could help tamper the heat a little oh, bit. Oh, okay. But needless to say, it is smoky out there, and uh, National Weather Service says if you have some issues with you know your breathing or things, yeah, you may want to try to stay inside today just because it is a little smoky out there. But it's also another big day today. You know, it that, is. Yeah, so uh, here, let's here's a little blast from the past.
3: Oh, I'd love to be an Oscar Mayer wiener. That is what i truly like to be. Because if I were an Oscar Mayer wiener, everyone would be in love with me. That's right. Oh,
1: Today, to an National an Hot Dog wiener. Day.
3: <laughs> okay.
2: Well, if it must be so, it must be so. Yes. I will do my part. I enjoy... Not often, but a, a hot dog on the grill. Oh yeah. Pretty good.
1: Pretty pretty tasty. So in reading about National Hot Dog Day today, there may be some deals to be had. So you where might. can want, you go
2: and actually you, get a hot dog?
1: You know who sells thank you for asking that question, by the way. You okay. know who sells the most hot dogs. Costco. Uh you know, I, I bet you they're probably <laughs> they're up there. They're probably
2: here. up there, but But according where? to
1: this report. 7 <laughs> Eleven sells the most grilled hot dogs in North America, 100 million annually. No, yeah,
2: so uh, I'm just saying, okay, there you go. I'm not go <laughs> <laughs> I've seen those hot dogs before. How they, they go on the little turner, yeah, and it right, just kind of yeah. keeps them rotating. I'm
1: assuming, but I, I haven't been in in a while to, to look at the hot dogs, but that's that's the report now. Overall, in the country, billions.
2: Billions are sold. And I I think a a fair share are eaten on 4th of July. I think we were talking about that. I think that's one of the top days for hot dogs consumption.
1: Well, they have the hot dog eating contest. Uh,
2: They do about a quarter of all the hot (laughs) dogs Chestnut. Joey (laughs) himself eats Uh. about a quarter of all the hot dogs on July 4th.
1: So this report also says 25 million hot dogs sold at baseball stadiums each year. Because, oh. you know, when you go to game, hot dog and a beer, I, I mean... That's what, perfect. What
3: do you think?
2: Uh, if you were to go to, I, I think it's St. Rose of Lima, who does the Wednesday night uh, event, mm-hmm. the Knights of Columbus are cooking up hamburgers and hot dogs hey, Okay, there on you Wednesday. Go. So there's something else you That's can today? do. That's today? That's on Wednesdays throughout the summer.
1: Okay. Well, hey, today's a Wednesday. Perfect
2: time How about that? Rose.
1: National Hot Dog Day. Just, just for you. So anyway, if you want to have a hot dog today, I'm sure you won't be alone.
2: So do you, what's the, we always go through this when we talk about hot dogs. What are your favorite toppings? What do you do? Uh, Yeah.
1: I I don't eat a lot of hot dogs, but when I do (laughs) mustard and relish.
2: Those two ingredients. That's it. Okay. Mustard relish. If uh, I typically am kind of boring with that, I'll do a little mustard, a ketchup for sure. But I do see these real fancy hot dogs. Sometimes you'll see on the food channel. I would partake in something that's got a lot of stuff on yeah. it. Peppercinis and different things like that. Mm-hmm. They, they can put on a hot dog. Uh, I love a chili dog. Yeah. I love a good chili dog. See,
1: I'm not a big, not a big chili dog oh. guy.
2: Cheese, y- no y- onions. Yeah.
1: Uh, No onions for me. If I'm going to do something extra outside of the mustard and the relish, I do like sauerkraut.
2: Oh, yeah,
1: mm, yeah. Okay, Uh, you can have that. I love that on it. That's my German heritage right there. I got to have some.
2: (laughs) Okay, yeah. The good deacon he enjoys the kraut dog too.
1: So, but there you go. National hot dog. Okay, that's it. That's all I got for you. That's
2: the top of the show. (laughs) Everybody listens in for the first five minutes and then shut us off. That was
1: my best stuff right there. No,
2: don't do that. We got a great show ahead. (laughs) Yeah. What do you got? Well, tolling fees to use the bridge to cross the Columbia River have been decided, but it's not the I-5 bridge. Another 100-year-old bridge going to need some work, and it's probably a bridge you've all crossed before.
1: Okay, and we will have more for you on that fire in Longview, Washington.
2: So stay with us. We've got a great show ahead for you on this Wednesday morning. Here is Marie Miller. You're not alone. We are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio the bridge between your faith and everyday
4: life.
1: marie miller and you are not alone it is seven ten at mater day radio the bridge between your faith and everyday life david and brenda with you on this wednesday morning kind of smoky out there this morning so michael davis common sense for social justice been with us numerous times on the morning blend. he has a special guest i understand
2: he certainly does and they get into some important topics is the good deacon scott aiken joining him to talk about some issues with minority
5: groups all right that's right after the forecast
6: Please join Matcha Day Radio and Franciscan missionary, Sister Anne Marie Warren, with the morning offering. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys
7: and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with this holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular, for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen.
6: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit maturadayradio.com.
8: No matter where your summer travels take you, Matri-Day Radio is always there. Our Hail Mary Media app is the perfect road trip companion. You're always a click away from a treasury of uplifting prayers, including live Liturgy of the Hours from the Benedictine Monks at Mount Angel Abbey and a customized schedule of your own daily prayer reminders. The Hail Mary Media app also features a stream of Matri-Day Radio's live broadcast and podcast of all our original shows and new programming not available on the radio. Plus, you can jump into all the exciting summertime activities on the interactive community calendar, the latest Catholic news, and much more. Join the thousands of listeners who are moving through the summer with the Hail Mary Media app. Download it today. Search Hail Mary Media in the App Store, Google Play, or go to matradayradio.com for all the details. Wherever you go this summer, you're never far from the Hail Mary Media app and Matraday Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
1: And it is 7:12 at Mater Day Radio. Well, as we mentioned earlier, smoky out there in many areas today. Much of that smoke coming from a fire in Longview, Washington. A paper plant there we'll have details coming up in the news and so be aware that it's going to be warm today though high of 91 degrees and then hazy again overnight low of 64 for thursday mostly sunny mostly sunny still up to 90 degrees yesterday was a little warmer than what i expected it It was it got close to 90 yesterday so it was a warm one out there
2: Already, temperature is beginning to rise 66 degrees at Our Lady of Lords Catholic Church in Vancouver.
1: And 65 degrees at Holy Family Church in Portland.
2: It is time once again to have, well, a straightforward discussion on social justice. Michael Davis does a standalone podcast, Common Sense on Social Justice, that you can find at Mater Day Radio. This week, he's joining me to give us a preview of his upcoming episodes and... To let you know who his special guest was. Good morning, Michael. Thanks so much for joining us today.
9: Good morning, Brenda. So
2: first for our listeners, this is a very interesting conversation that you have with your guest. You're talking about a church, our church, who throughout its history can really be blamed for quite a few injustices. How can we entrust the church then to be the guide for our social justice teaching? So wh- what are you talking about this week?
9: yeah so many people have asked me through the years that question you know because we do teach heavily on the church's social teachings in this podcast and yeah we have to be very aware that the church itself has been the oppressor at times how do we reconcile that in our minds
2: your special guest, somebody that uh, I've had a conversation or two with from time to time, the good deacon, join you today. Fill our listeners in a little bit about why you wanted to spend some time talking with Scott Aiken.
9: Yeah, so Deacon Scott Aiken, a deacon in the Archdiocese of Seattle, and also has a show on modern day radio. But uh, he, uh, but Deacon Scott Aiken, uh, I wanted to bring in a trusted church uh, leader who I knew would be honest and uh would also be thought-provoking on this question that someone i could challenge uh it's not enough really to speak into the air and ask this question well let's ask a church leader this question and uh, he does a great job in the in the podcast of being honest and open to uh, the the answers to that question and when people listen to the podcast they're going to be kind of shocked to hear about the honesty in his answers
2: I like the way that uh, this is setting up to be because if we can't be honest, how are we ever going to have a trustworthy conversation? Mm -hmm. I think that's the case. I think what is wonderful about and I know just with our own relationship with Scott, of course, through his Native American background and we know what happened with the the, the government imposed and, and boarding schools that the church ran, it is a very difficult position. So it's a wonderful opportunity. Tell our listeners a little bit about what were some of the direct questions that you and Deacon Scott cover in this week's podcast?
9: So we, first of all, ask the questions of which injustices are actually real and which are just perceived. Because some we have a habit as humans of, of being influenced by the rules of our current culture and then uh judging past cultures by the rules of our culture when they actually lived by different rules you know so there's that but some of the other questions we ask are uh what has the church done about it has the church recognized its injustices if so what has it done and uh, so, for example, we talk about the Council of Trent where they they talk about the Protestants mm-hmm. and they say, yes, we were wrong. Well, that's shocking. The church just publicly says, yep, you're right. We need to repent. So we talk about those things. We're, we ask the questions, what's being done right now about the clergy sexual abuse scandals? Um, and then we ask the questions, is what about you as an individual do you contradict yourself do you have pure beliefs about justice but sometimes act unjustly with your neighbor
2: that's some of the hard-hitting topic that you're going to hear this week on common sense on social justice it is a standalone podcast here at mater day radio michael i guess it's important to have these discussions for Mm -hmm. sure and to get it out in the open to have a good understanding of that so with that in mind how can churches then say okay we recognize these things but yet we are still the authority on the teaching mm-hmm. i mean it, it does seem to be a little bit contradictory when well again as you said with the things that the church is going through and abuses that continue to come out how can we how can the church continue to stand up and say but yes, Christ is the authority of our church, and we continue to strive to do good. I mean, it, it, it's hard to put your trust in an institution where mm-hmm. you know you like, as you said, there, there are so many things in history that we can point to.
9: Yeah, I think it, it has to go back to, and Deacon Scott talks about this. Yeah, uh, it's really Christ who is the perfect one, mm-hmm. you know, and all of this, and all of us are just sort of of uh, in this struggle within ourselves between center and saint, and we're in this back and forth struggle. So what we really need to see is that it is actually Christ who handed down the social teachings to the church. The church did not create the teachings. She's just merely repeating them to the world. And so we need to look at the originator and see that he did perfectly live out these teachings. And there's going to be an interesting discussion you'll hear on the podcast how atheists and agnostics unwittingly validate the church so you'll hear that in the podcast just as a teaser
2: all right yeah. we are looking forward to that and michael you alluded to the fact that we are the church the people and all of us and we can point to the church and say oh the church has done that However, I'm not, you know, responsible for any of those things. Almost like uh, go look at the splinter in that eye Mm -hmm. because I would prefer not to look at the log in my own. So personally, what is important for us to make sure that when we are thinking about social justice and our role and our duty in this, what are the things that we tend to overlook in our own lives so that way we can focus on, other things, I guess. So that way mm. we don't have to, again, focus on what we're not doing.
9: Yeah, it's a good question. Um, we all act unjustly at times. When did you ignore somebody that needed your attention the last time you were at Mass? When did you fail to pray for somebody? When did you hear about a need that somebody had in your parish and you didn't do anything to meet the need? Uh, let's go outside of the boundary of, of the, the mass and go out into our daily life. When's the last time you yelled at our driver or you, you demeaned somebody or ignored your family, whatever it is, or, or, uh, made an unjust business transaction. Mm. You know, those kinds of things, we are not guiltless at all in these things. And uh, one of the things to bring out, too, is looking at history, we tend to isolate certain things and realize that the church is in this battle. You know, look at the apostles. What was the first injustice of the church? The first one was when Jesus was arrested, the apostles abandoned him. Wow. The church left him behind, like, nope, we're leaving you high and dry. You know, why? Because we aren't (laughs) We aren't Christ. That's for sure. So we're trying to be like Christ, but the church is made up of people, people that are still in the process of becoming saints. And so all of us, uh, in fact, I asked myself recently to myself, why are there not more openly broken people in my parish? (laughs) Isn't that where the broken people should be (laughs) Mm. (laughs) to battle it out within themselves to become a saint?
2: it's an incredible conversation something that is wonderful so people who really want to have that open dialogue even with themselves i think this week's episode would be a great place to start so that way you can hear this open conversation that you have of course with the good deacon and then you can really kind of look inwardly to see what parts of you what parts of all of us can we do better because there's plenty of opportunity for us to do better. Michael, thank you so much for joining us again today. Sounds like another great episode of Common Sense on Social Justice. Thanks for your time today.
9: Yeah, thank you. It's been a pleasure.
2: Again, that is Michael Davis. His podcast can be found at motterdayradio dot com under the standalone podcast. It is Common Sense on Social Justice. You will also have access to those episodes. In fact, two that you have coming up with Deacon to Aiken. You'll access them also on the Hail Mary Media app.
1: And it is seven twenty-two at Motterday Radio. Well, one of the ways you can support Motterday Radio is through our vehicle donation program. Just go to our website, click on the Get Involved menu, Vehicle Donation, take you to the main page there. A couple forms to fill out. You're good to go. It could be a car, truck, van, motorcycle, RV. You can donate that to Mater Dei Radio, and it is a likely tax deduction for you as well. Check it out on our website at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary
5: media app.
4: Hello, this is Emily Jaminette with A Mother's Moment. The other day, my young child said to me, Mom, why do you look at your phone when I'm right here with you? It just makes me want to have my own phone. These words cut my heart and showed me that I need to do a better job managing my own technology. Our phones can actually be a block in our relationships with our loved ones when we use them the wrong way. As Catholic mothers, we need to make sure that we show our love to our children. Our phones are tools to help us. Like everything, they need to be put in check or else it is a distraction and even can be a division with our family, despite how much they wanna play on them. So now I try to make a real effort to cut my phone time down and use it when the kids are not around or when it's really necessary so they know that I am here and present with them. As parents, we need to learn how to put our phones away so that we can focus on what Christ is showing us in the here and now. So let us pray, Dear Christ, please show us how to manage our technology so that we can find a healthy balance. Amen. May we be a light in this world by finding a balance with using our technology so we don't hurt others. May we be a light in this world by finding a balance with our own personal technology.
10: Support from Watch Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Jade Bistro and Patisserie. Located on Southeast 13th in Portland's Selwood neighborhood, the Jade Bistro is family-run, serving Vietnamese and Thai cuisine with influences from France and Laos. French pastries are available daily, open Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Information can be found online at jadeportland.com.
1: Hi, everyone. This is David from Monterey Radio's Morning Blend. I would like to invite you to check out my new podcast, On The Go, where I have a chance to visit with coaches, musicians, artists, and more. We go a little bit more in-depth with the podcast, which hopefully gives you a little more insight into the good folks we talk to. It's On The Go, available on your favorite podcast platform or Monterey Radio's free Hail Mary media app. I'll talk to
0: you soon. Some are morning people, others are not. Either way, we help start your day off right. The Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio.
1: And it is 726 at Mater Day Radio. A big fire in Longview, Washington, making for smoky skies this morning. We'll have the details in the news.
2: And tolling fees to use the bridge to cross the Columbia River have been decided, but... It's not the I-5 bridge. Another 100-year-old bridge needing some work. I'll have that story for you coming up in three minutes. Here is John Finch, Walk by Faith. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Matzer Day Radio. That is John Finch, Walk by Faith. It is 730 right here at Matzer Day Radio.
1: And in your news, very smoky out there this morning in many areas, and much of it could be coming from a large fire in Longview, Washington. The blaze was first reported around 6.30 last night at the Warehouser Paper Company on Industrial Way. According to the Longview Fire Marshal John Dunaway, dozens of fire personnel from across Cowlitz County have been fighting the blaze. Dunaway said the fire is contained to the property But smoke is still hanging low. Residents are being asked to stay indoors and keep doors and windows closed. As of 4.30 this morning, fire officials said the blaze is still going and crews are expected to remain on the scene into the day. Authorities said the fire is still contained to the site and no injuries have been reported. Coincidentally, as we reported yesterday, the Lewis and Clark Bridge over the Columbia River between Rainier and Longview is closed. Oh, it is. As you recall, and so I don't know if that's hampering any efforts. Probably not, because I think they said they were going to allow emergency vehicles to to cross. cross, but I don't know if that's necessary. And then also this morning, this news in, big fire at the old Kmart building on Sandy Boulevard and 122nd Avenue. Apparently, that's like a three-alarm fire wow. this morning. So that's a big one. So if you're traveling in that area, you know, be prepared, probably for uh, some road closures as fire crews that'll b- battle that blaze. So a lot going on on the fire scene, plus the wildfires that are burning.
2: Sound of Freedom, an anti-human trafficking film made by Catholic filmmakers Eduardo Verestuigui and Alejandro Monteverde and starring Catholic answer... J- Catholic actor Jim Caviezel continues to top the box office charts. The film currently sits behind the new Mission Impossible at the number two spot on the box office charts, beating out other expected summer hits, according to Box Office Mojo. Sound of Freedom was released in theaters across the country on July 4th had an incredibly successful opening day in which it reached number one at the box office, beating out Disney's fifth Indiana Jones installment and raking in $14.2 million. The film was originally produced under 20th Century Fox and finished in 2018, but was dropped after Disney bought the studio. Only after being acquired by Angel Studios, known for its TV show The Chosen, did Sound of Freedom finally make it to theaters. In over one week, the film increased its weekly gross revenues from $20 million to $27 million, totaling $85 million since its opening. Additionally, Sound of Freedom made box office history when its revenue increased by 37% from the previous week's earnings. Brandon Purdy, head of theatrical distribution for Angel Studios, said in a press release published on July 16th, there have only been 10 wide-release movies in box office history that have had a second weekend increase greater than 35% over their opening weekend. It's incredible. This movie is getting a lot of buzz. I very much want to go see this. They say it is extremely difficult subject mm. matter it's rated pg-13 i've also heard though that this is perhaps a movie for even older teens that younger teens it, it's just it has to deal with children uh, also within the the context of human trafficking and so right. it can be very very touchy subject matter so maybe your older teens or maybe right. view it first before deciding to take children
1: Well, they're battening down the hatches on the Big Island. Tropical Storm Calvin strengthened yesterday as it continued to approach Hawaii's Big Island, where more than a million people are under a state of emergency and a tropical storm warning is in effect. Calvin is packing winds of 50 miles per hour and was about 140 miles south of Hilo late Tuesday, according to an update from the National Hurricane Center. Storm threatens to deliver strong winds and heavy rainfall that could result in flash flooding and mudslides. Calvin is expected to remain a tropical storm for about a day and a half before weakening. Hawaii Governor Josh Green declared a state of emergency Tuesday for the Big Island, where government offices are expected to close today. Between 4 and 8 inches of rain are expected, with some areas seeing up to 10 inches of rain.
2: The City of Vancouver is finalizing its plan to spend millions of dollars on the reconstruction of Main Street to enhance downtown and improve pedestrian access. The city will soon direct more than $10 million, mostly from federal grants such as the American Rescue Plan Act, to improve the streetscape of Main Street between West 5th and West 15th Street. The design is near 90% complete and construction is scheduled to begin in the first quarter of 2024. For now, the city's focus is engaging with downtown businesses to ensure they can successfully operate during construction and beyond. The Main Street Promise project will replace the street's current parking options with parallel parking spots, install pedestrian scale lighting, enhance crosswalks, and extend sidewalks in the 10 block zone. Community members can view the nearly finished design. In a virtual animation the total time of construction is still up in the air but the city hopes to finish this project before construction begins on the i5 replacement project to give downtown a little bit of a breather
1: easy busy time
2: And the Port of Hood River Commission voted last week to raise tolls on the Hood River White Salmon Interstate Bridge. The sole crossing linking the two cities across the Columbia River going to be $3.50 for cars paying cash, $1.75 dollar seventy-five. With the automated system, the long running effort to replace the interstate bridge in Portland tends to be the first thing people think of when it comes to Columbia River bridges that need updating. But the Hood River Bridge will turn 100 years old next year. It's definitely showing its age. When Hood River Bridge opened in 1924, the baseline vehicle toll was 75 cents with higher tolls for bigger loads. But instead of step increases based on the number of additional axles of a vehicle, the tolls went up based on the number of additional animals pulling it across. (laughs) That's how old that bridge is. I was going to say. There are many deficiencies that no retrofit can solve, such as the fact that the support columns are spaced uncomfortably close together, leaving barges on the main Columbia River channel with little room for error as they thread their way through. And with this also a problem on the upper deck where traffic moves in two narrow lanes with no shoulder, it's so cramped that drivers in big vehicles are sometimes urged To fold in your mirrors Mm -hmm. to make sure they don't get sheared off. And if two big vehicles aren't careful when passing, well, the result can be even worse. The project has secured about $118 million in funding. Overall costs, about $600 million.
1: I've been across that bridge several times, and it is pretty narrow. It is.
2: Remember what the speed limit is crossing?
1: Ooh, good question.
2: It's like... 15 miles an hour. Yeah. That's the limit that they allow cars to go as as they get across that bridge. So it'll be good to get a good bridge mm-hmm. over there.
1: In sports, University of Portland baseball head coach Jeff Loomis has renewed his contract that will run now through 2028. Loomis has been crucial in rebuilding the pilots in one of the top programs in the traditionally tough West Coast Conference. Loomis signed on as head coach of his alma mater back in 2015 after spending 13 years at Pacific Lutheran, where he developed the Lutes into a Division III national powerhouse. Since his first season in 2016, the Pilots have improved almost every season, jumping from 10 wins in 2017 to 23 in 2018 and building from there. Pilots have won 174 games under Loomis, making him the fourth winningest coach in program history. Loomis compiled a Hall of Fame playing career for Portland and still holds the school's career record for batting average at 376.
2: You might not think that priests and rock stars have much in common, but this group of priests with a passion for faith, life, and music will make you think again. Not only do they wear black, surely the number one choice of color for any self-respecting rock star, they try to spread joy, but they also have a message to share with those wanting to hear it. And this is certainly the case for this group of clerics who will be taking the stage on July 20th to perform at the 10th Concert for Life in Houston, Texas, in order to raise funds for the Houston Pregnancy Help Center that offers support to women in need. The band is led by a priest you may be familiar with Father David Michael Moses, the young clergyman who actively shares his love for his faith and the priesthood on social media, will be joined by a number of other talented priests with musical skills that includes Father Kevin Lin- Linnaeus on electric violin, Father Victor Perez, he's got the drums, Father Mike Elzen, He's bassist, Father Mike Lenz, on the keyboard. Wow. So this is a quite a heavenly crew. Uh, yes. Here's a little clip. Oh, okay. Of Father David Michael Moses.
11: Well, late night conversations with your brother are the best. They cut through the noise in life a little better than the rest. And in one such conversation, a question came to my mind. Hey, Brendan, what do you think heaven's like? He said. Heaven's like driving down the highway with the doors off in the summer. Heaven's like late night conversations with your older brother. Heaven's like worrying about something but realizing God already fixed it. Heaven's like water burger after 11 when they serve honey butter chicken biscuits. And those are so delicious. Honey butter chicken biscuits. Can I get a witness?
2: Sounds like his concert could be a whole lot of fun to attend. Yeah. So that is Father David Moses and his heavenly band of brothers. Nice.
0: It's time to find out what's going going on on in our Catholic community.
2: And on Thursday at 8 a.m., running all day is Adoration at the Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception. Please contact the parish office to sign up for a regular hour or... You can just stop on by any time throughout the day. Remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, MatardayRadio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Hey,
1: Maria and Marston going to join us next. We'll talk some summer reading right after the forecast.
12: Please join me, Father Gabriel Mosier, as we pray the divine praises. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Blessed be God. Blessed be his holy name. Blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be his most sacred heart. Blessed be his most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit, the Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary Most Holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious Assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God, in his angels and in his saints. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen
7: Are you searching for stories of how God is transforming lives in profound and creative ways? Do you want to be inspired to join the mission of evangelization? I'm Miriam Marston, host of Blazing the Trail, and each week through interviews, scripture, and song, we explore what it looks like to share the gospel with courage and hope. Please join me on Wednesdays and Sundays at 7.30 p.m. right here on Day Radio or anytime on materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media
12: app.
2: It is 744 here at Mater Dei Radio. Clear skies and hot temperatures today. But that smoke from the fire in Longview area will also present in the air, that affecting local air quality. Again, David, as you talked about, it's considered unhealthy for yeah. sensitive groups. So be aware of that. Daytime highs will be in the low to mid-90s. But as you said too, David, that smoke cover might be keeping mm-hmm. temperatures from getting as hot as they would have. Overnight, we're going to cool down to 64 degrees and more warm air tomorrow, back to 90 degrees. Then begin to cool down back into the 80s through the weekend. I'm so looking out nice. the
1: window. You see the smoke? I can see yeah. it coming
2: across for sure. Just the
1: waves it's like of smoke, smoke out, out there. It's like a smoke river. Yeah, it really is. It's 61 degrees at St. Mary's Church in Eugene.
2: And 66 degrees at St. Mary's Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception right here in Portland.
1: Well, she is the host of Blazing the Trail, heard every Wednesday evening at 7.30 right here on Mater Dei Radio or anytime on the Hail Mary Media app. And she is the Faith Formation Director at St. Anthony Catholic Church in Tigard. We welcome to the show Miriam Marston. Good morning, Miriam.
7: Good morning, David. Great to be on with you all.
1: So it is summertime, and a lot of times people have like a summertime reading program, which is always wonderful if you have the opportunity to just kind of relax during this time of year and, and read a few good books. And so I know you've talked about this in the past, about some summertime reading. So I will ask you this morning, do you have some books on your list this summer?
7: Yeah, well, uh, let's see. I am, uh, I've started myself on my summer reading list. And I'm about, well, my Kindle tells me about 40% <laughs> through <laughs> a book called Surprised by Oxford. Uh, that's by Carolyn Weber. Um, I have I've a soft spot for for Oxford, having lived there a couple of years, and it's just the story of a of a young woman who um, really has an unexpected encounter with with God, mm. really, in Oxford. Um, so I'm reading that. Um, I'm also continuing to make my way through Mark Twain's book on uh, Saint Joan of Arc. Um so I'm hoping to finish that one by the fall. It's taken me a little while. Right. Um but I also love the summertime to maybe revisit some classics. Uh, I was thinking of maybe diving back into some Jane Austen. Mm. Uh, she just has a lot to to say about the dynamics of of just human relationships. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. um I also love to go back to just again classics like The Hobbit or The Chronicles of Narnia um or The Lord of the Rings um so summer just feels like a good time to, to get back to those. Um, I love, uh, we've talked about this before, I think, but just the the power of spiritual autobiographies Mm -hmm. really. Um, and I find just, this is again, a good time to, to look at those. Um, I've mentioned before, I think, um, one of my new favorites, which is a memory for wonders by mother Veronica Namoyo Lugula, um, Mm. stunning, um, I just yeah, it's it's worth reading. I just breezed right through it. Um, just a, a really marvelous book. Um, and then there were a couple folks that I actually had on the show, blazing the trail. Um, and I love sharing the word about their autobiographies and memoirs. Um, Dr. Holly Ordway wrote, uh, "Not God's Type." An atheist academic lays down her arms. So that one's great. Mm. And then uh, Sally Reed, <clears throat> who wrote *Nights Bright Darkness*, and that's a, a modern conversion story. So, yeah, just uh, just some great ways, David, of seeing because <clears throat> you you know we just we need to hear those stories of how God can come thundering into a life and change everything. <laughs> and yeah. So if we have these pockets of time during the summer where. Maybe we're getting a little bit of that refreshment and resetting, just seeing the ways that just God is constantly at work in our lives. Um, yeah, and then just some spiritual classics. Uh, <clears throat> Thomas Aquinas Compass uh, wrote The Imitation of Christ. That's always a solid one. Mm-hmm. Um, Father Wilfred Stinnison, I, I loved this book. I came across it a few years ago. Uh, he wrote, Into Your Hands, Father, uh, Abandoning Ourselves to the to the God who loves us, so it's all about this beautiful surrender. Um, yeah, so i I would really, I would really recommend uh, that one. And then, you know, if folks are into some dystopian literature, there's always um, "The Lord of the World." That's Pope, one of Pope Francis's favorite books, mm-hmm. uh, written in 1907. So that's that's a good one. A Canticle for Leibowitz. Um, Again, yeah, just uh, some great options yeah. out there.
1: You know, as a staff, we are reading just a, a really amazing book right now. It's called Edith Stein, St. Mm-hmm. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross. Are you familiar with Edith Stein?
7: I am indeed, yeah. Is, is that the title of the book, David? That is the, the title of the mm-hmm. book, yes. Okay, yeah. All right. that's good to know. I'll yep. add it to the list.
1: So if you're not familiar with her, she uh, was a German... Jew who became Catholic and then entered the Carmelites. Wow. And uh, sadly, tragically, she died in the Auschwitz gas chamber uh, along with her sister, and it's just—I was not that familiar with her and reading this book. It is really uh, an amazing book to to read about her life, how she became a Catholic, and then how she lived that out until her tragic death, but— Uh, Again, just another book, as you're looking at different books about saints and and people's lives, and I'm kind of like you. I like reading biographies and autobiographies Mm -hmm. (laughs) about people. There's something about that that uh, are often very inspiring that stay with you.
7: Yeah, because again, it really just, uh, it brings everything um, just into that kind of just in a very concrete way, we see how the Holy Spirit moves. And um, I love finding... Kind of characters, just people that we can kind of resonate with and relate to, who are alike in us in some ways, but just different as well. It's it's just kind of fun. So you find pieces of yourself in others, kind of around the world, mm-hmm. and we get just glimpses of that in their in their memoirs and autobiographies. It's really cool. Um, and, and you know, David, I would <laughs> I would be remiss if I if I didn't mention the key spiritual reading. That we can do over the summer, and that is, of course, uh, from the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, you know, this could be a great time of year uh, to pick up the Gospels and just make make our way through uh, one of the Gospel um, accounts—Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John—and just kind of find some time to to look more closely at the the birth, the life, the death, the ministry, uh, resurrection of Jesus.
1: So as the Faith Formation Director at St. Anthony's Catholic Church in Tigard, again speaking with Miriam Marston, host of Blazing the Trail, do you ever recommend books to your the folks in some of your classes?
7: Yeah, I do. Um, probably not as often as I should. <laughs> um, yeah, now, now that you mention it, um, yeah, because, you know, I'll pull some quotes and references here and there, um, but I love the idea of putting together just a, a reading list, um, for uh yeah for those who are in rcia or confirmation classes so yeah thanks for the tip david
1: <laughs> you're you're welcome so you know now we're talking books now i'll we'll have to talk movies at some point
7: yes i and and i uh i love i love a good movie or tv show so absolutely
1: again she is the host of blazing the trail heard every wednesday evening seven thirty right here on matra day radio anytime on the Hail Mary Media app and the Faith Formation Director at St. Anthony Catholic Church in Tigard. Miriam Marston, always wonderful to talk with you. Thank you for the reading uh, suggestions there.
7: Oh, you're very welcome. Have a blessed day and a great summer. uh,
1: Thank you, you as well. God bless.
2: It is 7.53 here at Mater Day Radio. Well, if you are getting ready to hit the road on a summer vacation, don't forget to bring along the Hail Mary Media app. You'll be able to listen to Mater Day Radio live through the app, which means you're not going to miss a single episode of The Morning Blend or any of our great locally produced shows. Now, if you were listening in on Tuesday, Sarah Kenzie joined us yesterday to talk about some of the great things that are coming up on the app. The uh, Signs of Hope series has got some great content on there. Of course, you'll also have access to that extensive prayer library in both text, audio, and even video format, So you can just really have an inspiring prayer moment. Again, all you need to do is download the app. It is absolutely free, and there's not going to be a single ad on there. Remember, you can also find information about the app and access our podcasts at matradayradio.com.
10: Support for Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Blanchet House of Hospitality. Since 1952, the Blanchet House has been providing food, clothing, shelter, and aid to those in need. Services include a downtown Portland cafe, residential living, transitional housing, case management, and a 12-step program at the farm. Support and volunteer opportunities are online at BlanchetHouse.org.
8: The bridge between
0: your faith and everyday life This is Modern Day Radio KBBM, Portland, Salem, Vancouver KMME, Cottage Grove, Eugene Springfield Translator, K235BF, Eugene And streaming at moderndayradio.com.
13: If you had the chance to sit down for 10 minutes With the world's greatest teacher Would you take it?
3: One Minute Monk Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey
13: If you said yes, you're in luck Go take out your Bible and you can spend 10 minutes or even more with the Spirit of the Living God, who is a better teacher or greater expert than the Holy Spirit. In his rule, St. Benedict sends us to the Bible every day, and it's free. 2 Timothy tells us, all Scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for refutation, for correction, for correction and for training in righteousness. If we truly believe that the Bible is God's inspired word, what holds us back from turning to it each day?
10: For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com, one minute-monk.com.
13: If we truly believe that the Bible is God's inspired word, what holds us back from turning to it each day?
0: it's good to the very last drop the morning blend on mater day radio leading souls to jesus through the blessed virgin mary
1: and it is 7:57 at mater day radio portland's first mass shelter is set to open we'll have that story for you in the news
2: and talk about getting a call to the big show a priest ordained just five years gets a job as Pope Francis' new secretary. I'll have his story for you coming up right after Awaken the Saint.
14: Hey everyone, I'm Sophia with Awaken Catholic, and this is Awaken the Saint. Joseph Puchala was born on the same day of his birth in 1911. When he was old enough to enter seminary, he began his studies in Lviv, which is now known as modern-day Ukraine. Nicknamed Achilles during his time in Franciscan formation, he said his vows in 1932 and officially became a priest in 1936. He began his priesthood in the Franciscan convents in Grodno and Wienersk, but was short-lived when the Nazis began to devastate and lay waste to Poland during the Second World War. It wouldn't be long before the newly ordained priest would have to put his faith to the ultimate test. He was then called to serve in local parishes where there quickly became a shortage of priests. The clergy had started disappearing left and right, either from imprisonment or fleeing persecution altogether. But Joseph knew this wasn't a time to flee, even though he had the perfect opportunity to do so one night. He knew that God was calling him to serve the church, no matter the outcome. He remained with his parishioners, and it wouldn't be long after that, that he was captured by the Nazis. He, along with St. Carol Hermann, were brutally tortured and eventually killed by the Gestapo in 1943. Horrendous deeds were done to those servants of God, but yet they never renounced their faith or lost hope in the Lord through their trials. There were a total of 108 martyrs recorded during the World War, where countless men and women laid down their lives for the sake of the Church. Each one of them, including Blessed Joseph, knew that their lives were at stake just by associating with the Catholic Church during this time but yet they continued strong in the faith, even choosing to stay in the trenches against the enemy and Satan himself. St. John Paul II, a fellow Polish native and victim to the devastation and death of the Great World War, was able to beatify Joseph, along with the other 107 martyrs of World War II in 1999. What constantly inspires me in my own faith is the courage of so many martyrs who have happily laid down their lives for the sake of the church. Some were given the mercy of quick deaths, and some were given slow, painful martyrdoms. These are the martyrs that I try to put myself in their shoes. Renouncing the church would not have spared Joseph or Carl's lives. They were going to die at the hands of the Gestapo at any moment once they were captured. What always amazes and encourages me is that these men didn't even renounce the Lord in their hearts through all of their torments. Some days may seem like the worst day possible when everything's gone wrong and everyone seems to always be getting the upper hand on us, But it's in those moments that we can call upon the comfort of the Lord like Blessed Joseph and surrender all our pain and suffering at the foot of the cross. Blessed Joseph Achilles Pachala, pray for us.
6: Thank you for tuning in to Awaken the Saint. Awaken the Saint is a three-minute daily show that unpacks the lives of the saints with practical messages for everyday life.
1: That is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or to pray with Mater Radio, please download our free Hail Mary media app. Details at materderadio.com. It's 8 o'clock.
2: In your news this hour, veteran Vatican diplomat Archbishop Paul Richard Gallagher last week defended what he describes as Pope Francis' strong and courageous push for peace in Ukraine in the face of criticism from some who have said the Holy Father should take a harder line against Russia as the aggressor in the conflict. Pope Francis has often raised the issue of war, calling it a negation of God's dream and lamenting the sacrifice of human lives, the suffering of the population, the indiscriminate destruction of civilian structures. On occasion, he has sparked criticism from the Ukrainian government in August of last year, for example, following a car bombing that killed the daughter of an ally of Russian President Vladimir Putin. The Pope declared the innocent pay for war. Gallagher said that interpreting Pope Francis' position as act of empty pacifism and theatrical expressions of pious desire is a misguided analysis of what the Pope believes. Such a dismissal, Gallagher said, does not do justice to the vision and intention of the Holy Father, who does not want to resign himself to the war and who stubbornly, believes in peace, inviting everyone to be creative and courageous weavers and artisans of peace.
1: Well, an American soldier crossed the heavily armed border from South Korea into North Korea, U.S. officials reported on Tuesday. They say the border crossing was done willfully and without authorization. The soldier, identified as Private Travis King, becomes the first American detained in North Korea in nearly five years amid heightened tension over its nuclear program. U.S. officials did not say how long King had been in South Korea, but at some point he faced disciplinary action for assault and spent 50 days in a detention facility. He was due to return to the States when he bolted from a tour of the Korean border village of Panmoojong. The soldier is believed to be in North Korean custody and that the U.N. command is working with its North Korean counterparts to resolve the incident Tuesday's border crossing happened amid high tension over North Korea's barrage of missile tests since the start of last year.
2: Archbishop Jorge Cuerva of Buenos Aires announced that Pope Francis has appointed a priest from the Buenos Aires Archdiocese, Father Daniel Pelazon, 40 years old, to act as his personal secretary. Pelazon will replace Father Gonzalo Armilius in this position. Garcia said Pelazon will travel to Rome at the beginning of August to begin his new role. The Archbishop offered his prayer for the priest as he begins, he said, this new mission entrusted to the service of the church. Pelazon was ordained a priest on November 3rd. 2018 he began his ministry first as a deacon and then as parochial vicar serving pilgrims at the saint Cajetan shrine in the linears neighborhood of buenos aires for five years in march he was assigned as a vicar to our lady of mercy parish where he continues to work to date that is, of course, until August yeah, when he becomes Pope Francis' secretary. How
1: about that move?
2: Five years a priest, yeah, up to the big leagues called with sh- you.
1: Called up to the show, as they say in baseball terminology. Well, good for him. That's, uh, that's exciting. Well, when built to capacity, Portland's first mass shelter site will include 140 tiny homes to accommodate nearly 200 residents. The location along Powell Boulevard on the city's central east side is set to open at the end of this month as media representatives and other public officials got their first look at the project on Monday as Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler spoke in front of the homes, While construction continues at the site, Wheeler said the location will provide caseworkers to help people connect to long-term housing, at least one meal per day, a shared kitchen, restroom, showers, laundry, storage space, and Wi-Fi. Tiny homes have heating and air conditioning as well. There will also be a small covered area for people to set up tents if they do not wish to stay in a tiny home.
2: An Australian sailor who was rescued by a Mexican tuna boat after being adrift at sea with his dog for three months said on Tuesday he is grateful to be alive after setting foot on dry land for the first time since the ordeal began. Timothy Shattuck, 54 years old, disembarked in the Mexican city of Manzanillo after being examined on board the boat that rescued him. The Sydney man's catamaran set sail from the Mexican city of La Paz, but was crippled by bad weather weeks into the journey. He said the last time he saw land was in early May as he set out of the Sea of Cortez and into the Pacific. Shattuck said he had been well-provisioned, but a storm knocked out his electronics and ability to cook. He and Bella, his dog, survived. On raw fish. Hmm. And when the, boats, uh, when the tuna boat's helicopter spotted Shattuck's catamaran about 1,200 miles from land, it was the first sign of humans he had seen in three months. The pilot tossed him a drink and then flew away, returning later with a speedboat from the Maria Delia, he said. Shattuck said the tuna boat became his land that Bella it was an immediate hit with the crew. Bella, in fact, was a stray that had followed him around in Mexico. He tried several times to find her a home, mm. but she kept coming back to him. So she joined him on this outing. I don't think this is exactly yes. what she was expecting. But since their discovery, she has found Be- he has found Bella a permanent home with one of the crew members in his family.
1: Yeah, quite the adventure.
2: That was a little more than a three-hour yeah. tour, he said.
1: Yeah, I think so. Well, in sports, the Arena Football League is coming back next year, and one of the teams could be located in Salem. While there was no official announcement from the league on the locations, Oregon Live reporting that TMZ had the exclusive with one of the teams playing in Oregon's capital city. Another location included Everett, Washington, and 16 other locations total. The AFL was originally founded in 1987 as a four-team league I will pay you $100 yeah. if you can name the first four uh, Arena Football League teams.
2: Uh, let's see here. <laughs> the um, the San Antonio uh, Crushers.
1: Uh, yeah, that's a good guess, but no, that's not <laughs> I don't correct. even know if that's a team. Uh, it was the Pittsburgh Gladiators. <gasps>
2: Pittsburgh Gladiators. The
1: Denver Dynamite. The Washington Commandos and the Chicago Bruisers; those were your four.
2: <laughs> the, those arena the, teams yeah. always have yes. these unusual names like that.
1: So, do you know who was an owner of one of the arena teams? Um, you know this,
2: John Bon Jovi.
1: You got it. That's exactly right. So, good, good for you. So. Uh, that wasn't the uh bet, He though, didn't so, make yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, they did eventually fold. But in February, the Arena Football League announced they were coming back in 2024 with a 10-game season. So it'll be interesting to follow this along because there was no official announcement of the locations. But if Salem is the location, well, hey, well I'm not quite sure where they would play, but...
2: I'd go see a game. Yeah. I yeah. think that would be a lot of fun. That'd be great.
15: Baby Beluga.
12: Swim so wild and you swim so free heaven above and the sea below and the little white whale on the go I
1: know this song Baby, beluga, oh baby. We used to sing this. Our our daughter sang this song a lot.
2: And let me just apologize if that song (laughs) is now in your head for the rest of the day. Baby Beluga. It's important to recognize and maybe you want to follow Baby Beluga. Perhaps you've watched nest camp footage from organizers like the Fish and Wildlife Service that monitors bird nests. And if you're a fan of that, then you'll surely leap like a humpback at the chance to watch Polar Bears International... Beluga cams. During the ice-free months of summertime, about two-thirds of the world's beluga whales, about 57,000 animals, migrate to the waters around Churchill Valley and Hudson Bay in Canada. From the deck of their beluga boat, PBI scientists maintain underwater microphones that allow you to listen in on the constant whistling, chattering, and singing of these incredible creatures. The cameras were set up last weekend, which PBI has designated as Arctic Sea Ice Day. That's July 15th to raise awareness about polar bears and sea ice loss. Mm. The beluga cams are also the focus of a big citizen science project. PBI asked viewers to collect individual screenshots from the live footage and register them to gather data on the individual animals below the waves. In total, already more than 22,000 photographs have been taken by beluga cam viewers. So, of course, as I was getting this article, it linked me to the live feed of a beluga cam. Right. Sure enough, the camera is following them. Beluga whales. They have that permanent smile on Mm. their face. Their, Their mouths make that smile. Right. And they just swim along. Some of them will stop and kind of look with one eye at the camera and roll away into the water.
1: Of course, my uh, thoughts turned to food immediately for beluga caviar. But I did learn in looking this up that beluga caviar actually comes from a sturgeon.
2: Oh, does it really?
1: Yeah, it's a beluga sturgeon, not not a beluga whale. Thank goodness, because
2: baby beluga needs to be swimming in the ocean.
1: Kind of spendy beluga caviar is. (laughs) Is it? Yes,
0: it is.
2: I'll get my point toast ready.
0: It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community.
2: This Friday at 9 a.m. at St. John the Evangelist Parish in Vancouver. It is their parish summer outreach sale. The annual sale at St. John the Evangelist to benefit the Church of St. Vincent de Paul Society Ministry includes clothes, toys, and games, housewares of all kinds, small furniture, jewelry, and just... Something for everyone. Mm -hmm. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, maturadayradio.com and the Hail Mary Media app.
1: What do we have coming up?
2: Last week when you were on vacation, Ed Longlaw stopped Ah. in. Talked to us a little bit about the work of Catholic Charities of Oregon.
5: Scoop Ed. It's right after the forecast
6: Join Mater Dei Radio and Father Robert Barcelos in prayer with the morning
11: offering. A morning prayer written by St. Therese. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O my God, I offer thee all my actions of this day, for the intentions and for the glory of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. I desire to sanctify every beat of my heart, my every thought, my simplest works, by uniting them to his infinite merits. And I wish to make reparation for my sins by casting them into the furnace of his merciful love. O my God, I ask of thee for myself and for those whom I hold dear, the grace to fulfill perfectly thy holy will, to accept for love of thee the joys and sorrows of this passing life so that we may one day be united together in heaven for all eternity,
6: amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. Support
1: for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Tara Umara Children's Hospital Fund of Oregon, The TCHF has a 20-year history that is now focusing on the sustainability to support the long-term efforts of the mission in the Copper Canyon region of Mexico. Information is
8: available on their website at tchforegon.org. For more than 33 years, Monterey Radio has been sowing the seeds of faith. Your legacy of support continues to bring souls back to Christ, just like Michael Boltry. It's really miraculous. I would come
6: out of confession, and it was the first time I had met the priest. And I turned on my car, and of course, Monterey Radio's on. It was the priest that I had just encountered. It's like, whoa, thanks, Holy Spirit. But then the same thing happened again, where I had just met this priest. But then it happened again, and it was three separate, occasions and three separate priests, God's providence was so clear to me. And I'm getting chills just talking about it. He was making it so clear and so obvious that, yes, this is the path you guys are planting seeds that
8: are bearing fruit now and down the line. Michael Boultry is just one of many souls the Holy Spirit has reached through Mater Dei Radio. Help us continue to sow the seeds of faith. Hear more of Michael's amazing story and ensure your legacy of giving at materderadio.com.
1: And it is 8.15 at Monterey Radio. Well, smoky skies, particularly in the uh, North Willamette Valley, southwestern Washington, due to a fire in Longview, Washington, overnight last night. Going to be warm today, 91 degrees, your projected high. Could be a little cooler, though, because of the smoke filtering the sun. Haze overnight tonight, low of 64. And then for Thursday, mostly sunny, high again right around 90 degrees.
2: It is 64 degrees at St. Rose Catholic Church up in Longview, Washington.
1: And 66 degrees at St. Edward's Church in Kaiser.
2: While many of us may be preparing or coming back from that summer vacation, we know that the needs of those living in the margin in our community continue no matter what time of year it is. Joining us this morning to remind us a little bit about what Catholic Charities of Oregon is doing during the summer, it is our good friend Ed Longwa joining us today to tell us a little bit about what happens during these summer months. Good morning, Ed. Thanks for joining us today. Good to see you in studio.
16: Good morning, everyone.
2: So the summer months, as for many parishes, too, it is a kind of a time of year where we take a break from the normal work. We get all of those projects that we've been putting off to a slower time. But Catholic Charities of Oregon, while things do slow down, the needs of those that you serve continue. Tell our listeners a little bit about how the summer feels there at Catholic Charities.
16: You're right. Certain things just can't stop. While at Catholic Charities, we may step back and look at our mission, look at our branding, look at our strategies in the summer. Certain workers need to keep going. One example would be our homeless outreach workers who go out two by two to our communities in the summer. And there are a great many camps, especially in the summer. You'll see a lot more blue tarps out there. I know your listeners are familiar with that. One strategy we have is to go out to every camp, meet people, ask them if they have any needs, but then encourage them to take the steps they need to get into permanent housing, to find employment, to get the kind of support they might need, whether that be addiction treatment or health care. So we have some very brave workers. Often there are Jesuit volunteer employees your listeners might be familiar with the Jesuit Volunteer Corps, young sure. people post-college who work in social services for one or two years. Now, these folks go to camps. Uh, they, they develop relationships with people, have encounters. Like, like Pope Francis is so big on having encounters with people. That's where we start. But eventually, once the relationships grow, we say, you know, Catholic Charities, we have programs to help people find housing. We have affordable housing. We can get you hooked up with uh, alcohol and drug counseling if you need it. So that's something that continues during the summer. And frankly, while most of the time it goes well, it can be dangerous sometime. That's why we send out two-by-two two. Uh, people just like the apostles used to go out two-by-two two, uh, to villages to, to encounter people and meet people. So say prayers for those folks out there. Uh, They're really on the front lines of trying to address Portland's homelessness crisis.
2: Ed Longwa joining us today. Ed is the communications director for Catholic Charities of Oregon in studio today to talk a little bit about some of the work that's happening during these summer months. I love the way that that program starts, two by two, just meeting people where they are. And of course, it's the goal of Catholic Charities is to get these people who, for whatever circumstances, are living on the margins of society. And for many of them, that's not where they wanted to be or ever intended, and they just needed that little bit of boost. Part of that is, as you said, getting them into temporary housing, helping them find permanent work. And learning to manage their money so that way whatever situation got them there, well, they find new techniques and new skills to make sure it doesn't happen again. And that was what Save First program was doing, was helping people learn to budget, how to save in order to get into permanent housing. And because of the way that the structure is going at Catholic Charities, you found a great partnership with Lighthouse to keep this program going. Kind of let our listeners know about what happened with that.
16: Yeah, we feel like this has been a good success for us. You're right. uh, Teaching people to save, to get into housing has been key for us. Uh, Just as an example, we have a a housing unit called Child's House right next to our headquarters. Transitional housing, not permanent housing. But one program we have there is is if people save money, we will put in three times as much as they have saved into an account. That's a a three-for-one match. It's been sponsored by our friends, the Gans family. Now helping those people manage their money was Save First Financial which was a social enterprise of Catholic Charities and just because of the structures and the you know the environment and the economy sure. and everything we found a partner to assume those duties called Lighthouse Financial in Vancouver Washington so the ministry is going to continue unbroken we will still refer our clients to Save First which is now part of Lighthouse in Vancouver they can attend classes online or in person they can uh, get help balancing their checkbooks, uh, opening accounts, setting goals. So we're very grateful to our friends at Lice House, which is a, a very distinguished organization mm-hmm. that's been doing this for a long time. And certainly our clients are going to keep benefiting from that, that service. And I know an awful lot of our donors love that idea of helping people gain in self-sufficiency and human dignity. And we're big fans of that, too, at Catholic Charities.
2: And of course that's perfect setup too because... Poverty and homelessness, it doesn't know the boundaries of an archdiocese and it's great to be able to partner there in Clark County to help those in need there and to continue the program for those in need here in Portland. And and then lastly, before we go today, of course, we continue to hear about the plight of refugees. They're coming into all across the country and at PDX, there are needs in refugee services. That is a program that continues strong during these summer months because Well, again, the services that refugees need, it knows no time of year. It's just today. It's just right now that, well, families are worried about. And Catholic Charities, again, you're right there to help them.
16: As your listeners pay attention to the news, they see what's happening in Ukraine, in the Central African Republic, in in the Congo, in uh, Myanmar. There are moments of turmoil all over the world. People leave the turmoil, the war. They go to refugee camps somewhere, and then it might take years. But we work with uh, federal agencies to help people find places to come in Portland. Then we help them find housing. Our volunteers are a huge help with that because our caseloads are rather large. So we have some amazing volunteers that go right to the homes and work with people and, and do things that our agency couldn't possibly do. There's a wonderful family in the Selwood area with Catholic charities sponsoring them, who have become kind of the stars of their neighborhood. Mm. They have, uh, other families have taken them to the Rose Parade, to the zoo, picking berries at Sovie Island. It's a big family of nine, and uh, everybody from their neighborhood comes over there in the evening. There's wonderful talks on the front porch. It's been a beautiful welcome by that neighborhood. But there's something about the family, too, that made this all happen. Bringing refugees to Portland, helps improve the richness of Portland. Oh, sure. It adds to the kindness of our city, the beauty of our city. So we're so grateful to our volunteers, especially, and grateful to our donors for allowing us to keep refugee services going. There's an awful lot of paperwork that needs to be done in courts, in government offices, and we have the experts at Catholic Charities to make that happen for these beautiful families.
2: I think that's perfect. I've Ed, I've had an opportunity to talk with Michael Davis, who does our Common Sense on Social Justice podcast. And he makes this point too, like you were saying, there are these huge problems in and in, in the world where they can be overwhelming. But what he says is look and see what you can do right in your own neighborhood. And if you found that, you know, a family has moved in, that they're trying to settle, just say hello just to meet them and and just introduce yourself and and learn to know a little bit about them. And then you can get a sense of what their needs might be. I mean, that's perfect. If all of us just could do one thing, just one small thing, well, wouldn't the work of Catholic charities just be so greatly reduced because many hands make light work.
16: It would be beautiful (laughs) and amazing. And we're always ready to partner with more volunteers. If you go to catholiccharitiesoregon.org you'll find ways to volunteer with us and yes it would would be gorgeous we we realize we're a you know we're not a huge agency but with (laughs) our volunteer team what we can achieve is just incredible you're you're spot on about that
2: yeah well with god all things are possible and so he's our team leader and cheerleader and all the things that we can do through him is amazing and of course through catholic charities ed Always great to have you in studio. Thanks so much for your time today. Thanks for all that you do at Catholic Charities of Oregon.
16: Thanks that all you do to help Catholic Charities.
2: And again, that is Ed Longwall with Catholic Charities of Oregon. I will be sure to add a link that'll get you right to Catholic Charities webpage. You can read more about what Ed was talking to us about in today's interview. You'll find that link on the podcast, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app.
1: And it is 825 in Mater Dei Radio. If you haven't done so yet, how about downloading that free Hail Mary Media app? It's on our website. All the information you can get access to our exclusive audio, video, and text prayer library, and so much more. It's Mater Dei Radio's Hail Mary Media app on our website at materdeiradio.com.
5: Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist.
13: Hi, I'm Father Cedric Bizena. I'm a passionist, religious, and a Catholic priest and the host of Live With Passion. My motto is touching lives and saving souls. I hope you will tune in each week on Modern Day Radio, Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. It's designed to inspire and encourage you. It's real practical. Talk about real life issues, things that people are going through. I'm so grateful that you're listening to Modern Day Radio. Don't just live, live with passion.
0: They're not baristas, but they do serve up a good cup of joy. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio.
1: And it is 827 at Mater Day Radio, and it is a very busy morning for firefighters in the area. We'll have the story in the news.
2: And tolling fees to use the bridge to cross the Columbia River have been decided. But it's not the I-5 bridge. Another 100-year-old bridge needs a little bit of work. I'll have that story for you coming up in news. Here is Marie Miller, 2 to 1. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.
3: It hasn't been so long Since we were like a diamond sky Constantly we were strong Sparkling That is
2: Murray Miller, 2-2-1. Two, two, it's 830 right here at Day Radio.
1: Well, a very smoky morning out there in many areas, and much of it could be coming from a large fire in Longview, Washington. Blaze was first reported around 630 last night at the Weyerhaeuser Paper Company on Industrial Way, according to the Longview Fire Marshal John Dunaway. Dozens of fire personnel from across Cowlitz County have been fighting the blaze. Dunaway said the fire is contained to the property, but smoke is still hanging low. Residents are being asked to stay indoors and keep doors and windows closed. As of 4.30 this morning, fire officials said the blaze is still going on and crews are expected to remain on the scene. Into the day, authorities said the fire still contained to the site and no injuries have been reported. Uh, we reported yesterday, too, that that Lewis and Clark Bridge that crosses the Columbia River at Longview, Washington, into Rainier, Oregon, that's been closed due to construction work there. So don't know if that's affecting anything, but just, just a heads up. Now, another fire this morning that started this morning out in southeast, or excuse me, northeast Portland at 122nd and Sandy Boulevard, the old Kmart building really? out there up in flames. Huge <gasps> fire. Wow. Yeah, they. I think three alarm blaze at least at this point. That was in an abandoned building or no longer being utilized. And apparently, possibly homeless were living in there. Mm, One and of the reports. maybe a fire
2: got out of hand. Yeah, who,
1: who knows? Wow. But needless to say, hope there's no injuries. But uh, again, that's that's ongoing right now. So if you're traveling in that area, be aware.
2: Sound of Freedom, an anti-human trafficking film made by Catholic filmmakers Eduardo Verastoigui and Alejandro Monteverde and starring Catholic actor Jim Caviezel continues to top the box office charts. The film currently sits behind the new Mission Impossible at the number two spot in the box office charts, beating out expected summer hits. Sound of Freedom was released in theaters across the country on July 4th and had an incredible successful opening day where it reached number one at the box office, beating out Disney's Fifth Indiana Jones installment, raking in $14.2 million. The film was originally produced under 20th Century Fox and finished in 2018 but it was dropped after Disney bought the studio. Only after being acquired by Angel Studios, known for its TV show The Chosen, did Sound of Freedom finally make it into theaters. In over 1 week, the film increased its weekly gross revenue from 20 million to 27 million. And additionally, Sound of Freedom made box office history when its revenue increased by 37% from the previous week earning. Brandon Purdy, head of theatrical distribution for Angel Studios, said in a press release, there have only been 10 wide release movies in box office history that have had a second weekend increase greater than 35% over their opening weekend.
1: So is this widely distributed? It's widely themes? distributed. Okay, it is yeah. at
2: all the major movie theaters, as Sound of Freedom. Jim Caviezel uh, plays a, actually a, a character based on a real-life person hmm. who fights and assists uh, getting people out of trafficking situations. Right. It's rated PG-13, but from what I understand, I've not seen it yet. It is meant for maybe an older teen Mm -hmm. that you would want to consider taking, or at the very least, perhaps go see it first, parents, and then decide as to whether or not younger children or those that are 13 or older should be going, but one that I want to see for sure. Yeah.
1: Well, they are batting down the hatches in the Big Island. Tropical Storm Calvin strengthened yesterday as it continued to approach Hawaii's Big Island, where more than a million people are under a state of emergency, and a tropical storm warning is in effect. Calvin is packing winds of 50 miles per hour and was about 140 miles south of Hilo late Tuesday, according to an update from the National Weather Service. The storm threatens to deliver strong winds and heavy rainfall that could result in flash flooding and mudslides. Calvin is expected to remain a tropical storm for a day and a half before weakening. Hawaii Governor Josh Green declared a state of emergency Tuesday for the Big Island, where government offices are expected to close today. Between 4 and 8 inches of rain are expected, with some areas seeing up to 10 inches. I was looking at the satellite imagery of uh, Calvin, and it looked like it was right there on the island really getting right there so
2: the city of vancouver is finalizing its plan to spend millions of dollars on the reconstruction of main street to enhance downtown and improve pedestrian access the city will soon direct more than 10 million dollars mostly from federal grants to improve the streetscape of main street between west 5th and west 15th street the design is near 90% complete and construction is scheduled to begin in the first quarter of 2024. For now, the city focus is engaging with downtown businesses to make sure they can successfully operate during construction and beyond. The Main Street Promise project will replace the street's current parking options with parallel parking, install pedestrian scale lighting, enhance crosswalks, and extend the sidewalks in the 10 block zone. They hope that construction will begin next year and the city is focusing on communicating with downtown businesses and ensuring their concerns are heard. And the port of hood river commission voted last week to raise tolls on the hood river, white salmon interstate bridge, the sole crossing linking the two cities across the Columbia river. It's going to be $3 and 50 cents for cars paying cash with the automatic payment system. The long-running effort to replace the interstate bridge in Portland tends to be the first thing people think about when it comes to Columbia River bridges that need updating, but the Hood River Bridge turning 100 years old next year. When the Hood River Bridge opened in 1924, the baseline vehicle toll was 75 cents with higher tolls for bigger loads. But instead of step increases based on the number of additional axles on the vehicle, tolls went up based on the number of additional animals pulling it. There are many deficiencies that no retrofit can solve, they say, such as the fact that the support columns are spaced uncomfortably close together, leaving barges on the main Columbia River channel with little room for error as they thread their way through. With is also a big problem on the bridge deck, where traffic moves in two narrow lanes with no shoulder. It's so cramped that drivers in big vehicles are sometimes urged to fold in their mirrors yes. to make sure they don't get sheared off. That is a slow crossing. It is. Uh, across that bridge. Not only are you driving slowly across, and then you've got to stop at the uh, toll to to make your payment, uh, but it's worth it. That's a great loop oh, yeah. to drive out to maybe, say, out 14, stop mm-hmm. at maybe Backwoods in Carson. Oh, yeah. and droid 14, cross over into Hood River, take in a nice meal and then back home to Portland.
1: We had a little passport that had a number of the different uh, breweries in b- both on the Oregon side of the Columbia and the Washington side of the Columbia. So you just kind of made your way around that circle yeah. as, as you talk about. So, uh, so the Hood River Bridge, not Bridge of the Gods.
2: Not Bridge of the Gods.
1: Bridge of the Gods is Cascade Locks. Cascade
2: Locks. We're talking farther down. Right. Hood River.
1: Hood River. So it is a great trip. But, it yeah, is a
2: great. So. Hood River is making the name for itself oh, for yes, sure,
1: very much so. In sports, University of Portland baseball head coach Jeff Loomis has renewed his contract that will run through the 2028 season. Loomis has been crucial in rebuilding the Pilots into one of the top programs in the traditionally tough West Coast Conference. Loomis signed on as head coach of his alma mater back in 2015 after spending 13 years at Pacific Lutheran where he developed the loots into a Division Three national powerhouse. Since his first season in 2016, the Pilots have improved almost every season, jumping from 10 wins in 2017 to 23 in 2018 and just building from there. Pilots have won 174 games under Loomis, making him the fourth winningest coach in program history. I like this. Loomis compiled a Hall of Fame playing career for the Pilots and still holds the school's career <laughs> record for batting average at 376. Wow. So every season he can say, who's going to beat my record gonna, here? Which who's one gonna, of which you? Which one of you guys is going to beat my batting record?
2: You might not think that priests and rock stars have much in common, but this group of priests with a passion for faith, life, and music will make you think again. Not only do they wear black, surely the choice of color for any self-respecting rock star, but they try to spread joy. They also have a message to share with those wanting to hear it. And this is certainly the case for this group of clerics who will be taking the stage on July 20th to perform at the 10th Concert for Life in Houston, Texas, in order to raise funds for the Houston Pregnancy Help Center that offers support to pregnant women in need. The band is led by a priest you might be familiar with. Father David Michael Moses, the young clergyman who actively shares his love for his faith and the priesthood on social media, will be joined by a number of other talented priests with musical skills. Father Kevin Lenius, electric violin. Father Victor Perez, he's on the drums. Father Mike Elzen, bass and Father Michael Lentz keyboard. Mm. So here's a little clip of this heavenly band. Well,
11: late night conversations with your brother are the best. They cut through the noise in life a little better than the rest. And in one such conversation, a question came to my mind. Hey, Brendan, what do you think heaven's like? He said, heaven's like driving down the highway. The doors off in the summer. Heaven's like late-night conversations with your older brother. Heaven's like worrying about something, but realizing God already fixed it. Heaven's like water burger after eleven when they serve honey, butter, chicken, biscuits. And those are so delicious. Honey, butter, chicken, biscuits. Can I get a witness? Heaven's
2: like oh, Heaven is like what a burger after eleven, honey. Butter biscuits? I butter that...
1: biscuits. Yeah.
2: I've never been to Whataburger.
0: Yeah, that, nor have I.
2: I'm gonna go now. Sounds tasty. But apparently, have to go after eleven. Yes.
0: It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community.
2: This Sunday at 6 o'clock is Chesterton Ladies' Night, Women, Wisdom, and Wine at Scenic Valley Farms Tasting Room. The Chesterton Society of the Willamette Valley is hosting the second annual Ladies' Night, including fresh produce, appetizers and sweet treats served alongside scenic valley farms guest speaker is sarah rico who will share her wisdom and god's wisdom and there will be an update on the chesterton academy of the willamette valley remember you can find details on these and other events head over to the community calendar materdayradio.com and of course the hail mary media app
1: chris blanchard executive director of the grotto he's going to join us right after the forecast
16: Christopher Minutes, thoughts on making every day count. I'm Tony Rossi. Alcoholism is a disease of denial, according to Father Leo O'Neill, a guest on a Christopher Close-Up television program many years ago. Regarding his situation, he recalled, I was a pastor of three different parishes. I was vicar general in one diocese. I always thought my superiors wouldn't give me these important jobs if I were an alcoholic. I was functioning, but I was in trouble. Father O'Neill added that other people don't help the alcoholic when they cover for him despite their good intentions. Thankfully, the priest eventually got the help he needed and went on to provide it to others. He emphasized that help is available to everyone needing it. This message was brought to you by The Christophers. Thanks for listening and remember that it's better to light one candle than to curse the darkness.
11: Hello, I'm Kevin Doran.
10: And I'm Carla Wehrman, co-host of Sunday Commentary.
16: Join us every weekend on Mater Day Radio, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8 as we break down the scripture readings so you can better prepare to enter into the beauty and mystery of the Holy Mass.
10: It's fun, fast and faith filled. Let us share our love of the good news with you. Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8 on Mater Day Radio.
9: The bridge between your faith and everyday
1: life and it is 8 45 at mater day radio well just looking out the window we can see the trails of smoke out there this mo this morning it is smoky sky so be aware of that i have 91 degrees today is your projected high hazy again overnight tonight low of 64 and then for thursday mostly sunny 90 friday little cooler sunny 86
2: Currently, it is 70 degrees at St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Vancouver.
1: And 66 degrees at St. Henry's Church in Gresham.
0: It's time to find out what's going on at
8: The Grotto. We've got some big doings this weekend for the summer at the Grotto, going to get musical starting tomorrow night and then going into uh, next weekend as well. And with us to talk about all the activity at the Grotto, the National Sanctuary of Our Sorrowful Mother is the executive director, our good buddy, Chris Blanchard. Chris, how are things going this morning?
17: Well, they're great, Pat. Uh, actually, you caught me in the shower and I had to come <laughs> sprinting out uh, to, to catch the phone and meet with you guys. So good morning. <laughs> Good morning, Chris. Sorry
8: sorry to catch you all wet here. But it's for a good cause and let me just ask you, Chris, you have got a brand new organ in the Chapel of Mary. how's that working out? I guess has it been about a year or, or more since it's uh, a little more than a little Pat. So
17: yeah, a year Pat uh-huh. yeah, when we finished the chapel restoration a couple of a ago, uh, all of years said to the musicians uh, said to me hey, Chris, how about us? So uh, we, uh, we about a so we a Wonderful support from uh, Thomas Nordwall, uh, a, a very uh, nationally renowned uh, organist who uh, resides and uh, performs here in Portland, and he put on a concert for us. We were able to raise most of the money during that concert uh, through just free will offerings, and we bought a beautiful, beautiful organ. One of
8: your one of your wonderful communities there at the Grotto, the Filipino community, is going to bring in the young voices of the Philippines for a really exciting concert.
17: Well, that's right, Pat. That's going to be next Thursday evening at seven o'clock, and also the local Philippine corral will will perform uh, right before the young voices. Uh, again, no charge for this performance, but we're trying to help them offset the cost of, uh, of, of traveling across the United States. So there will be a free will offering, but uh, if if you're wondering what it's going to be like, Google Young Voices of the Philippines. And play a few songs, and then come to the beautiful Chapel of Mary to hear them live. It's going to be a spectacular concert.
8: We're speaking with Chris Blanchard. He's the executive director of the Grotto, the National uh, the Sanctuary of Our Sorrowful Mother. That is always a mouthful for me, Chris.
17: <laughs> but- well, you know, it's uh, you know, it's a long name, but uh, but it's also long on spirituality. So uh, oh, good, uh, you know. Hey, but, but Pat, let me tell you, we've got so much more going on there. I, I, I'd also like to mention one other upcoming event that you have to sign up for online on our website. Our friend Natalie Wood, who's the executive director at Catholic Charities, will be uh, the speaker at our monthly uh, Food for Thought Mass Lunch and Learn on Tuesday, August 1st. So you know this, Pat, because you come uh, every month, and we're, we're so happy you do. Mass at noon... And then you go downstairs, and we feed you a nice lunch, and then we have a speaker every month. And again, this month it's going to be uh, Natalie Wood, who's the wonderful executive director out of Catholic Charities. And you sign up again on our website for that.
8: Yeah, I think this is the fourth or fifth one we've done, Chris, and it really is a wonderful way to bring Catholic professionals together and to really kind of know what's going on in the community. You have a speaker, but, of course, leading it off with mass, and and if you get out there early enough, the rosary as well, just a great way really for professionals to come together, celebrate our Lord, and and have some wonderful fellowship and food. I really thank you for putting this together. I've really enjoyed it.
17: Well, this is number five, and you're going to be number six or seven, ah. by the way. So <laughs> we, we got to get you lined up. But but there's so many great uh, Catholic and uh, other faith-based organizations out there uh, for us to draw on, and we, we'd love to get the people out there. Space is limited, uh, but again, the, the lunch is free, uh, mass is uplifting, and you're going to learn a little bit of something this uh, this coming month. Uh, about Catholic Charities of Oregon and all the wonderful things they're doing in our community.
8: This is The Morning Blend with Pat and Brenda. Our special guest is Chris Blanchard, Executive Director of The Grotto. And Chris, summer at The Grotto is kind of a special time. It's, uh, you know, I think people are thinking, oh, it's so hot, I don't want to get out in the heat. But it's really a nice oasis out there. And if you go up to the upper gardens where you've got the water features you know, I think it's cooler up there. It, it, it seems to just really give you a break from the heat.
17: Well, you, you know, it's it's fifty four acres of forest, so you you know, it's it's like walking in the forest. It is walking in the forest, and so it's it's so much cooler under the trees. Uh, and it and again, it's uh, the the warmth that you get there again is from the spirituality that you feel, uh, from the presence of God that you feel while you're walking through our our beautiful gardens. So, yes, it's it's a great time of year, but any time is a great time of year to come out and visit us at the sanctuary.
8: It is, and I also noticed that it seems to be a lot cooler when you're you're in there looking out over the gorge in that beautiful observation area. There's something about, I guess, all the stone and the granite, just really nice nice and cool, good place to cool off up there.
17: Well, Pat, don't tell too many people about that, because that's where I go for my afternoon. <laughs> I, you,
8: your own sanctuary there, like Superman.
17: <laughs> that's right. Uh, the Fortress of Solitude, but no, it's... It's so wonderful. And, you know, we're so, when you walk there, I, I, I hope when people do come that they'll interact with the other guests. I mean, it's such an international crowd. I mean, we have people from from Korea, from Vietnam, from the Philippines, lots of Canadian visitors. Uh, our friends from Guam and Saipan are, are there so often, and folks coming up from Mexico and uh, it, and from all over the United States, so it's it's just uh, it's just a wonderful atmosphere to to, to experience, uh, you know, and to to be uh, to experience our faith with with people from many other cultures and uh, many other countries.
8: Chris, where can people go to find out more information?
17: Well, they can just go right on to our website and check our uh, events. You know, what's happening at the Grotto, and there's a pull down menu there. And there's also an events uh, pop-up down at the bottom of the page, and you can click on those, and it'll give you information. So,
8: thank you, Chris Blanchard. We appreciate you being a part of the Morning Blend this morning.
17: Well, Pat, it's always a pleasure to be on with you guys. You're, you're again. I'm going to say it for the upteenth time best partnership that the Grotto has is Modern Day Radio, and we thank you for all you do for us.
8: Thank you, my friend. <laughs> thank you.
2: It is 8.52 here at Mater Dei Radio. And of course, all of those wonderful events happening in the grotto can be found on Mater Dei Radio's community calendar. Go to the calendar under the Get Involved menu. You're going to find great events happening today all the way through the weekend really all the way through the end of the month and beyond. If your ministry or parish has a special event coming up, you want to let people know about it? Well, you got to let Mater Dei Radio know. and We'll get it on the community calendar. Information on how to do that can also be found on our webpage, materderadio.com.
5: Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722, that's 503-252-1722.
13: Please join me, Deacon Scott Aiken, as we pray for the holy souls in purgatory. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord Jesus Christ, King of glory, deliver the souls of all the faithful departed from the pains of hell and from the bottomless pit. Deliver them from the lion's mouth, that hell not swallow them up, that they fall not into the outer darkness. But let the holy standard bearer, Michael the archangel, bring them into that holy light which you promised unto Abraham and his seed. Amen. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and may perpetual light shine upon them. May the souls of all the faithful departed, through the mercy of God, rest in peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
12: For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit
1: us online at materdayradio.com. Healthcare sharing
12: has been around for decades and began out of the Christian tradition of neighbor helping neighbor. That's the premise Solidarity HealthShare was built on. We're a nonprofit medical cost sharing ministry in which our family of members share in each other's eligible medical expenses.
1: Solidarity HealthShare is not insurance, but an alternative way to pay for medical costs that adheres to Catholic Church teachings. We never share into medical care that goes against our morals. More information at SolidarityHealthShare.org.
0: It's joy, it's inspiration, it's the morning blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio.
1: And it is eight fifty-five at Mater Day Radio. Been kind of watching the smoke in the sky; it's kind of burned off a little bit, so to speak. <laughs> no, yeah, but we'll see if it stays that way. Hazy skies today, smoky skies predicted though. Ninety-one, your high. Haze overnight, low of. 64, And then mostly sunny for Thursday, a high of 90. Currently already 70 degrees in the Rose City.
2: Closing our show today, here is Matt Marr. Won't Let Me Down.
15: Standing in ruins, covered in ashes, why oh, gotta watch? suffer in life
1: me down it's 8 59 at mater Dei radio hey thank you so much for tuning in to the morning blend on this wednesday david and brenda with you we do appreciate it uh, enjoy the day gonna be warm maybe hazy so uh be prepared if you venture outside today
2: And that is going to wrap it up for us on the Morning Blend. It's Wednesday. That means Blazing the Trail will be on this evening. And we have great Catholic programming all day long. So keep it tuned here to Monterey Radio. Have a very blessed day.